Line Podcast. We're back, baby. What's up? This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. Yes, we got the jerseys today. If you're not watching on YouTube, go watch. Jimmy Finizzi, Mr. Taco with you, a.k.a. Austin Myers. We hope you've been well. We've missed you guys, and we do sincerely apologize for the lack of content over the past week. It's just been uh, a very hectic week for both of us, both personally and uh, work-wise, but we're all good. Everything's okay. We're ready to go, and boy, oh boy, Austin, we got quite the episode today in our our debut back. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh... We got we got the goods. <laughs> Man, it, before, it, before 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 we get going, uh, oh sure, Gatorade hit us up. Oh, <laughs> sponsor us, please, Gatorade. But yeah, no, Gator, no, Gatorade, Gatorade, uh, <laughs> call us because uh, I'm rocking the new uh, Gatorade pods. Oh snap, dude! Okay, I see you. And it's did a little bit of splurging before uh, the episode bit, so. <laughs> There you go. But no, look, ladies and gentlemen, we've got quite the interview for you today. All right, quick get it there. Sorry about that. I had to change the uh, the lighting that apparently makes me look like a ghost. But no, seriously, we got quite the interview for you today as we have another awesome rock band for you to check out. They are called Kaleido. Just think of Kaleidoscope just without scope they need no further introduction they're from detroit michigan they are pretty much known hey, that's for a short, their... that's a short shot yeah <laughs> no no i mean seriously that that's how i like to think of it but no in, in, in all seriousness no I'm just they're saying, known hey, for their high energy rock detroit. and roll you're telling me they're from detroit so this would be a fun conversation you're telling me they're from detroit yes they are from detroit yes wow that's only a short shot from me Oh, I, I misheard what you were saying. I'm sorry. No, I thought you meant I, I was taking shots at the bed. I'm like, no, what are you talking no, about? No, man? I'm saying Why would I do the dirty that's like a that? short shot. That's a short shot away from me. <laughs> because you know everybody else we've interviewed. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much pretty much we've only done trice that area. We've never interviewed anybody from Detroit yet, but this will be a first for us. So it's oh, man, be- I'm gonna- Oh, man. Very, very fun. Oh, man. I should bring up the Red Wings and see what they say. Oh, okay. well, I, I'm not sure if they're big-time sports fans, but, hey, it can't hurt to ask. But with that being said, ask. sit back, relax, have a good time, and enjoy our exclusive interview with Detroit Natives, Kaleido. Enjoy. All right, Austin. It's time, my friend. It's time. These guys need no introduction from me, at least. I said it before, but I'll say it again. They are Detroit pride. They are from Detroit, Michigan. They need no further introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, please help us welcome Christina Chris and Joey freaking Fava of Kaleido. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a while since I've spoken to you personally. How's everything? Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. It's good to see your face again. <laughs> it's good to see your guys faces too it, it's it's been a while i miss seeing you guys at shows and hey look next time you, oh looks like we lost austin so we'll have to get him back 
We'll have to get him back soon. He probably he probably got a little intimidated. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, look, in, no, in all seriousness, look, it's so great to see you guys again. Ne- next time you're in Jersey, I'll definitely have to come by and see you guys again. I got to make up for the lack of uh, not coming to see you guys perform. But anyway, without wasting any more time, let's uh, let's jump straight into this. So anyone who knows me right now knows I love origin stories. I can't help myself. I need to know how you guys got started. As now, we got we got Austin back. Sorry about that. We got some uh, technical difficulties to resolve. Everything all right, my dude? I'm just going to put it same human Wi-Fi. For those that for those that don't know, uh, there's a little bit of a running joke. Uh, we're good friends with a band from Erie, Pennsylvania, First Two Eleven. You probably know them if you've seen if you've seen this podcast. If you don't know who they are, I suggest you go check them out. We always make this joke that the drummer Sam has terrible Wi-Fi, so that's why we always blame that. If there's any internet issues, so there you go. That's the joke. But anyway, all jokes aside, I said it. I was saying this in the middle while you were getting your internet back, Austin. If mm-hmm. you know me by now. I love origin stories. I just have to know how everything got started. So with that being said, let me just start off by asking you sort of a two-part intro question. A, how did you guys meet? And B, who came up with the band name Kaleido? Which one you want? I'll do one, you do one. You do the, you do the first part. Okay, so um, we met... Uh, like probably about 10 years ago, we were both in other bands. We were just kind of both getting started, cutting our teeth in the local scene here in Detroit. Uh, I was in a band called Robots in the Garden with some friends of mine. Christina was in a band called Christina Chris Band. We played a show together uh, by chance. And immediately before I even met anybody else or even talked to anybody, uh, Cody, who's our bass player, just came like running on stage when we were playing. It was like, oh, man, you guys are awesome. We were like immediately friends without even introducing ourselves or doing anything. Um, and they watched our set, and then we stayed watch their set, so we were immediately friends. And it, it just kind of blossomed from there. Christine and I were hanging out. We were starting to write songs, and it, it just kind of turned into, all right, well, maybe we should do a band. And Cody was a great fit, and he came along. Um, and, yeah, it was pretty organic, just kind of meeting each other through playing shows and getting along, you know? It's very cool. That's pretty, pretty sick. And and again, what, look, ladies and gentlemen, we do apologize for any internet issues that we may have in advance with Austin. We us. promise you we will power through this interview regardless. But anyway, I don't mean to cut you off, Christine. I apologize. But now we'll get back to the question here. Why Kaleido? Who came up with the name? I did while Joey and I were driving to a recording studio to record the first song that we ever wrote together, which is called Love Design. We were driving there and I was kind of just daydreaming, looking out the window. And we had tossed around a couple of different name ideas for the project before and nothing was sticking. I'd suggest something Joey would say no. He'd say something I'd say no. So it just wasn't happening. But somehow that day I was just gazing out the window into the sky and I thought Kaleido. And I said, Kaleido. And I remember he it was the first one he didn't hate. And he was like, I kind of like that. And so we did our session and recorded the song and thought on it a little bit longer, but we didn't even come up with any other. No, I kind of knew when you said that that was it. I like one word band names, you know, especially at that time. That's what we were like. Oh, we have like a easy, just like one word, something that just sounds right. And when she said that, I remember we were driving the car. 
and we were pulling up like in somebody's, you know, our buddy that we did actually shout out Matt Halliday did our first record with him pulling up in his driveway and we're getting on the car and she's like, what about Kaleido? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are, so that's crazy. I like that. No, cause I, I always think of it this way. I, I've always, I've always, whenever I introduce you guys to any of my friends, I always say, think of Kaleidoscope just without yeah. scope. That's how you can find this band. It's straight. That's probably the easiest way I can explain it. You know what? We use that same explanation. Um, oh, you do too? Okay, thank you. I thought I was the oh, only God. one. Thank you. I'm always like, Kaleido, no scope. But going further into why we chose that name, um, you know, it is derived from the word kaleidoscope. And okay. I was looking at our lives uh, like through a kaleidoscope, a collection of different experiences that come together to make something beautiful and it's ever changing and intricate. And so it just fit perfectly for our music and us as people. I, I really like that. And speaking of your music, I noticed uh, I noticed a bit of a pattern here with your music because your first album experience, which was weird, which was your uh, debut album. Um, it's more of a high energy type rock and roll type of um, of album, while your most recent release, your EP, No Really I'm Fine, is more of like a dark and heavier type of vibe to it as we're working on getting Austin back again. We apologize for any technical technical difficulties. You're back again. <laughs> You're back. Now is everything yes. okay, Austin? I, I, no promises. Oh my God. All right. It's well, gonna be one of again, these days. We'll power through it the best we can. We promise. Hey, we'll do we're doing whatever we can. But no, mm-hmm. as I was saying, you went from sort of a high energy type of rock album to more of a heavier style with a lot more. Well, not to say that your first album didn't have any deep messages, because it because it does, but your EP seems to have a lot more of a deeper type of message to it. Can you explain like what made you decide to go in that? heavier, deeper direction? Absolutely. Um, We write about our lives and feelings, emotions, situations, and experiences that we have gone through. And during the creation of experience, we were just kind of like more partying, having fun. Like there are a few deeper songs on that record, but it's for the most part, musically like rocking, party, having a good time vibes. Um, And then of course the no, really I'm fine um, focuses more on mental health. And that is just the timeline of my life and what I was going through at the time. And I just write about the things that I feel and I'm going through. And that's just, it's, it's as authentic as that, you know, what I'm feeling is what I write about. And so that is like a timeline in my life the releases of both of those records. I really, really like that a lot. Now, I want to go back to, I don't know the exact date, but take me back to the day where you guys first performed on stage. What were your emotions like? Like, what were you thinking? Was there a point where you're like, oh man, we can't do this. We're not going to be good enough. Like, what, what, were your, what were your thoughts when you first stepped out on that stage and said to yourself, oh my God, this is actually happening right now. Like our first time ever in life or first time as Kaleido? As Kaleido, as Kaleido. I apologize. (laughs) This is kind of a crazy story. So we started off the band just writing songs and recording. Um, 
And it was mainly just Christine and I, and then Cody was hopping in, he's playing bass. So it was like, we didn't necessarily have like a band at first. This band was like, not like our previous bands we had been in where it was all about playing live. And we were out, we were kind of like writing songs and crafting this stuff before we played live. So we basically had like four songs. um, And Christina was actually going to, what were you doing? You were with, you were with Mike Clark. You met Mickey, I want to story in the tell, but how, how did you get with Mike Clark to begin with? Um, a friend, a longtime family friend of my yes, family's, okay. um, had made an intro to um, an incredible producer named Mike Clark, um, famous for the ICP stuff and, and Kid Rock, and just that's a little bit back on him. But he was working with an artist called Mickey Avalon at in oh, Detroit, cool. and I was invited over there for a writing session. And so at this time, we only had a handful of songs that we had just recorded. We didn't even have, you know, our band together at that point. And Mm -hmm. he listened to some of those songs while I was over there. And he said, wow, these sound like they're ready to be on the radio right now. I love them. Would you guys like to come and open for me at the Roxy on Sunset in Los Angeles in in Hollywood? Uh, Sure. And you know, I immediately talked That's to crazy. Joey about it, and we all just we you know, kind of jumped on getting ready to do yeah. that. Like we took that opportunity, and it was a sold out show. And I just remember the the nerves of walking through the parking lot and being yeah. in such an iconic yeah location and venue. I mean, it's West Hollywood. It's the Sunset Strip. The show was sold out. It's like our first yeah, it was show. Nuts. So like, technically our, that was our first show. Anyways, that's why the backstory was told. So the first time we sat there on stage was there. So it was like, I was like, you know, really young and just, that's my first time in California and okay. I just wanted to do well, you know, and I wanted it to be good. And so we basically just like threw the, not through the band together, but we were just like, all right, we're going to start playing because we're going to go to the show. So it was, um, it was kind of like a crazy moment where we just like walked out, it was sold out. We didn't know he's more of like a hip hop artist, you know, definitely like rock influence, but more of a hip hop crowd. So it was like a weird thing to begin with. But um, I think that kind of set the stage for us. We're just like for the first, not, I mean, we still do this now, but like, you know, the first like five years of us being together, it was like, we'll do anything and everything. And we just ran for it and we'll like go where we don't belong and play and just like, you know, play for anybody. So take um, any opportunity you can. Anyone, there you go, it's thrown into the fire that really, yeah, just thrown into the fire, and you just, you know, so yeah. Um, and uh, I think Eminem kind of said it best. No, oh. <laughs> it's, it's your only you're gonna you know, do it right now, just do it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you, got, you gotta seize the opportunity. I thought you, you were know? gonna fully go for it, okay? Yeah, so oh my goodness, I won't do that to everybody, but <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity, Love. and um. We did. And then we kind of just like it was like shooting out of a cannon at that point. After that first big show, we just kind of started to get all these really incredible opportunities. And we found ourselves on stages in front of massive crowds, like from the very beginning. Mm. And it's like you get out there. It's like, are you going to do it or are you going to not do it? I mean, we're going to. Right, right. (laughs) So with all that backstory. Yeah, that's pretty much how we felt, though. We were just like. I was never like, I don't know if we can do this. Like, I was always like, we're going to do this. Like, let's go. You know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. If they don't like us, so what? <laughs> so if you're playing, you know, we'll just play another shit. I didn't care, dude. I still don't. We'll play for anybody. So, 
<laughs> just just roll the punches, my guy. I got you. Now, exactly. speak, speaking of Eminem, just an off-topic question here really quick. <laughs> Please tell me that any of you caught the Super Bowl halftime show with oh, Eminem yeah. and everybody. Oh, of course we did. That's thank the- you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Austin, Austin, I see, I see you leaning back. What's your problem, my guy? Here. He, he's he's just like he's just like I I I'm not sure what to say about that right now. So just leave me alone. <laughs> just here. Oh my well, God. yeah, we did catch it. It was uh, as Christina said. That's the closest Detroit to ever been to a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford, Eminem in the halftime show. That's about the closest we're ever gonna get. I think so. the Detroit Rams, <laughs> baby. Detroit Rams. Also, yeah. it's so- <laughs> So funny. Um, my dad is like a huge sports fan, and I grew up uh, watching, you know, all the Detroit sports and and getting okay. behind all the teams. And so my dad always does football pools. He does well for every sport. He does pools, and I ended up getting the Rams in this pool. My brother, nice. um, my brother had the Bengals, Bengals, Cincinnati. So. Um, okay. It, it, we made it to the very end and it was like brother versus sister in for the Super Bowl. To like <laughs> so I, I won. And also I moved to LA at the end of 2020. And so it was just kind of serendipitous that I wound up with the Rams in that pool too. And Stafford <laughs> moved there too from Detroit. So I don't know. I was like all in my like, feelings about all of hey, this. Hey, you know, you know what, Christina, that's called Fate, my friend. No, that's exactly that's ex- technically speaking. Austin and I went up each other for the Super Bowl because he really, really wanted the Bengals to win. I picked the Rams, even though Austin, I kind of stole your thunder a little bit. I apologize. I yeah, said yeah, you picked yeah, the Rams, so that was my bad. I'm sorry, but I know you. I know you wanted the Bengals. So technically speaking, this kid and I went head to head, and I ended up winning. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, in all fairness to you, hey, the Bengals had a hell of a year, so who's to say mm-hmm. they can't run it back it again? And that was they a did. hell of a game. It was a great game. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that was probably that was probably one of the best uh, Super Bowls that I've seen since, I don't know, at least from a Rams point, since the greatest show on turf in 99. <laughs> I was it, was all- it was a good game, go, man. Go, go, go ahead, Austin. I'm sorry. I was gonna say it was only a good Super Bowl because there was no Brady or Mahomes in it. <laughs> That's also fair. That's fair, I guess. And hey, look, Matt Stafford literally talked Tom Brady into retirement because the well, look where Brady is now. So, uh, <laughs> what more can you say about that? But we'll probably get more into Detroit sports in a little while. But let's go back oh, to you for a second here because I I remember very vividly the first time that I saw you guys performing. I remember it very vividly. It was back in 20, 2017, I believe. And you were promoting your debut album experience. And I believe you were at, you were at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Yeah. And I remember see you there. were opening, what was that, Joey? I'm sorry. Seether, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's what I was going to say. You were opening for Seether. And Anybody who knows me personally knows that whenever I go to shows, I really don't care about opening acts unless it's a band I really like. So right. I saw the I saw the poster in the place. I'm like, 
with special guests. Uh, I forget the other band. I think uh, it was Letters something. Who, who else was opening? Yeah. Nice. Letters from the Fire. That was it. Thank you. It was you guys and Letters from the Fire. So I thought nothing of it at first. I was like, okay, it sounds it sounds cool enough. And to be honest with you, when I looked at the name Kaleido, I thought to myself, okay, this has to be probably one of the coolest band names I've ever heard. So maybe it'll be good. And little did I know you guys would completely exceed all my expectations. You absolutely blew me away. And look, <laughs> you guys have definitely changed my perspective on opening acts for bands because as long as it's high energy like you guys are i'm good with it and look we got me and my friend got to meet you guys afterwards it was an amazing experience and hey we actually got to participate in singing along a little bit which made me nervous as hell but it was a great show just describe what it was like opening for seether is where i was going with all this what was it like opening for them it took you that long to get to that one point (laughs) Jesus Austin, Christ, Jimmy. Austin, Austin, set the stage. Tell the story, dude. Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks, Joey. Austin, you know me by now. I'm, I'm a long storyteller. I gotta get, I gotta get my point across, my dude. But anyway, pl- please go ahead. I'm sorry, Joey. Well, thanks for the love. Yeah, I appreciate of course, it. of course, of course. And it was uh, amazing. That was one of the biggest tours we had done up until that point. Yeah. And it put us in front of a lot of new fans that we still communicate with and and have, and they're coming out to shows to this day. So that was awesome about that. And every show was like sold out. It was amazing. Mm. We we were looking basically for a tour to do right when experience came out, you know, to promote it. Um, It was, we submitted for some stuff and we heard right away from our agent that see there, like we, we had a chance to do this tour. So we're like, Oh my God, I mean, that's crazy. Like see, there's, you know, a massive rock band. I mean, that's, it was very cool. And, and Sean and, and Dale and them guys were just like really, really awesome to us and hung with us every night. And we just had a blast, man. They were really cool. Christina sang Broken with them. Yes, with them. I, I, I remember that, too, um, which was awesome. And uh, Clint Lowry from Seven Dust was playing guitar for them on that run. Yes. Um, and he was killing it. So it was just an awesome tour, dude. And it, all the shows were almost sold out if they weren't. You know what I mean? Like, so it was just a, a a massive tour for us at that point, and it was just great, dude. I can't say anything but great things about it. The crew was awesome. Everybody, it was it was a blast. We're talking to Colado here on the Bottom Line Podcast. Speaking of tours, that probably was one of them, but the one that was probably even bigger for you was the recent tour that you had with the legendary Sebastian Bach. What was it like touring with that guy? I know how big of a deal he is. <laughs> it was awesome. It was long. The tour started on October 1st and ended on December 18th. So it was mm. nearly three months long. And it was a very fun time. And he was so incredibly kind and awesome to us. And we had a lot of fun getting to know him and hanging out. And the story of how that tour came mm. to be is the craziest, one of the craziest stories. I was in Detroit on my birthday waiting for some people to meet up for dinner. And I looked down at my phone and it said, Sebastian Bach followed you on Instagram. Oh, and uh, I, I was like, is this really him? And like, I clicked (laughs) it legit blue check mark, half a million followers. I showed Joey, I was like, um, what is Sebastian Bach doing on our Instagram right now? And then he left a comment on one of our videos. 
And a couple of minutes later, our booking agent called me and he said, all right, don't get excited, but um, are you available from October 1st to December 18th? <laughs> the entire holiday season. And <laughs> I said yes. Long, dude. I said yes without even asking anybody else in the band. He's like, you're being considered for this tour. Um, don't get too excited. Um, it's not like set in stone yet, but I'll let you know. So I carried on with my birthday dinner and evening. And the next day I got a phone call from him saying, you got it. And that's wow. when I was like, well, I guess I should tell everybody else in the band uh, yeah. that I just obligated them <laughs> for a three month tour. Yeah. And of course, everybody in the band was super excited to do it. And then once we finally got to the tour, we met Sebastian and he told us his side of that story. After I told him, I'm like, this is so crazy. Like how this hit came to be. Like I saw that you liked our stuff. And he's like, said that he was genuinely a fan of our band and that he had found a video of us online and he really liked it. And he's listened to some of our music and he was digging it. And so he called his booking agent and said, I want this band to open for me on my tour. And then his agent said, well, oddly enough, their booking agent has already submitted them for consideration. So bam. So that was like, and that is fate. Yeah, that was pretty pretty much fate. (laughs) It was nice. Where do you, where do you use my own line against me? I appreciate that. (laughs) It was crazy. We never met him. We never like, He's the coolest ever. Well, I'm talking about before this tour, like we had no communication with him and we didn't know each other. So it was such a crazy thing. It was like, wow. Like, I mean, obviously, dude, I know that I grew up listening to Skid Row. I mean, I watched him on TV my whole life. So this dude is like, you know, I know this guy. Like, right. You know? Yeah. Like he's like, wants us to go on tour with him. Like, why? This is crazy. <laughs> like, it was so cool, you know? And we ended up becoming really good friends with him and his whole band and whole crew are the coolest people. I mean, we spent a lot of time with these people. This is like three months, you know? So we definitely got pretty close with everybody. Um, and I hope we get to go out with them again and do some more stuff because they're like very cool and very that would cool. that would be really, really sick if you could tour with I him again. To. That would be yeah. awesome. And you you know I would pay big money to come out and see that and see that show. Yeah, but no, yeah. what, what you what you were just describing would be Austin and I's emotions if first to eleven asked us. To introduce them for a show. <laughs> I know what Austin would do. He he would just be on the floor like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he already fell Every over day. now. He already did. <laughs> he already fell over. <laughs> what, what, was, what was that, Austin? You got cut off for a bit. I said I would already, I would be dead. I, I fell over once already. What, what makes you think I wouldn't be dead already? Oh, come on. <laughs> Why are you going to do me like that, my guy? But uh, but no. Speaking of, still on the subject of tours here, really quick. On the subject of tours, real quick, it's your turn to fly out to Chicago and go on tour and go to a tour with me. Let's go. Oh my god! I I know you've been begging me to come to Chicago. I know I will in due time, my guy. I promise you. Hey, maybe if maybe if these for- guys are in town, maybe I'll consider flying you're to you're Chicago. Taking a little too long, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I have a personal life. No, I, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But look, in all seriousness, speaking of tours, I know you just got done with Shiprock as well, the uh, the crew. So let me ask you oh. this: Would you guys prefer touring on a stage or on a boat? <laughs> well, we're getting pretty good at it, dude. On the Smashbox, <laughs> where we did the Kiss Cruise, bro. Yes, yes, great. yes. So we did two cruises in what? 
less than two months. Like, yeah. So you get pretty good at it. We've done ship rock before that too. So honestly, dude, I, I'll take I'll take the boat. <laughs> Ooh, and pretty sweet. Okay, I see you. Stages. There's stages on the boat. Yeah, it's so all right there. there. <laughs> you got it. Like, yeah. Dude, that it's it's um it's fun, man. I mean, the boat docks, you get to get off, and we we went to um on the Kiss Cruise, went to Belize and Honduras. Yeah, and then yes. on Rock, we just did uh, Costa Maya and uh, Cozumel, and that it was oh my god, it's beautiful everywhere. So I, I, yeah. I was gonna yeah. I was gonna say in regards to the Kiss Cruise, that'd be really something to perform Dude. with a band like Kiss, who's it was been around for fifty years. That must have been insane. I'm like a I, growing up. I was just a massive Kiss fan. It was a like Kiss and Metallica for me, and, and they're like comic book heroes to me. Like they weren't even like people, you know. Like so, when he we got that action figures. dude, I was. <laughs> I love it. It was unbelievable. I was like, we're gonna like we're gonna play with Kiss. We're gonna go on a boat with Kiss, and we're, so we're gonna be on the same boat with them, and our band's gonna play. And it's like Shiprock has a lot of bands um, that are on there, but this Kiss Cruise was like eight bands or something. Maybe I don't know. It's not a lot of bands. So it was crazy. It was like, dude, the honor we felt of doing that was like, wow, like we get to. It was wild. Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. We got to see them play on there twice, mm. three times actually. They did one unmasked show. They did two masked shows, and like, it was crazy, man. And we got to talk with them and and spend time with everybody, and it was just like it was one of the coolest experiences of my life, hundred percent. Like, it's that's awesome. Kiss, dude, it's the hottest band in the yeah. world. Come on, jeez, what <laughs> Rock City? <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? What? What, what, were you, there for sure. what? What were you saying, Austin? Your audio got cut off a little bit. I was just saying. Oh, it's Kiss. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Now, speaking of action figures, a little bit of a personal question here. Do oh, any no. of you guys? I know the I know the collection you have, Austin. It's right behind <laughs> your set. But do you guys have any collection of certain figures that you actually like to keep for yourselves besides uh, the Kiss figures that you mentioned? I don't really anymore, but I okay. used to. Um, I still have them somewhere, but, you know, we move around a lot. And we're, in, you know, touring, whatever. So I don't have, like, a setup. But when okay. I was a kid, I had, like, the, the Metallica action figures and the Kiss yes. action figures. I loved those, dude. They're so cool. I would love to have a collection of those. Like, I love figure still dude i mean it's like the coolest thing yeah especially yeah, like the, the the reason why i bring that up is because in speaking of metallica i happen to have give me one second. Oh, oh, boy, here we go again <laughs> what was that austin hey, I'm I, for, 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 forget it forget it i don't, I don't even no, want I to see you dude come on but no no i happen to have i don't know if you can see this but i have oh, the uh, i have the funkos of yeah, yeah. three of the members of metallica well actually two plus i have um I don't know if you can see this one here, but this is uh, Fat <laughs> Thor from uh, Avengers. <laughs> you got him as, as Hetfield? <laughs> standing in? Whatever works. <laughs> Unfreaking believable, man. But that that's pretty much all the figures I got. And we're trying to uh, work out the issues with Austin as he is currently uh, frozen right now. But we'll work on that ASAP. And there he is again. <laughs> Austin, I, Austin, I swear yeah, the internet, I swear the internet does not like you for some reason today. I have no clue what it is. Well, it was me yesterday, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. You probably it's, followed it's Austin to today. He's like, nope, we want nothing to do with this. Thank God it's not me today. Sorry, Austin. Oh, my God. Uh, it's okay. Gotta be it's somebody. Okay. 
better you than me because I was having a great panic attack as I'm watching myself freeze and then people are asking me questions and their words are like that's that's how I'm feeling right now an awkward pause and I'm like I don't even know what you just asked but we're live so it's just keep freezing oh oh by the way we're live so wait wait what (laughs) oh wait what we're live oh <laughs> yeah, pre- yeah, pretty much, my guy. But, but no, listen. Going back to going back to your music for a second, there is a specific song that I wanted to um, ask you guys about. It is more of a serious question because there's one song, or actually a couple, on um, your most recent EP. No, really, I'm fine. Um, the first one I heard off of that was um, pretending, and I think that really, really should click with a lot of people nowadays, and it should really kind of Get more people to open up about uh, mental health discussion because it really is something that really has taken off to a a massive degree, especially in today's society. And it really is amazing how more and more people are starting to uh, speak out. But when you got the idea to write um, that song in particular, what were you thinking at the time? Um, it's really strange because... <laughs> This song came to be during a Christmas party that oh, we were wow. having with all of our friends. And in a time where you would think it's the holidays, all of our friends are over, everybody's happy, you know, presents, good times. That's how I was feeling inside. And I couldn't project that. I was at, I was hosting a Christmas party. And then later on in the night, Joey sat down on the couch and just started playing an acoustic guitar. And that just spilled out of my mouth. Like immediately I'm tired of pretending I'm okay. And it's okay to not be okay sometimes. And so it came about like the most organically, like it was just, it was pretty my exact feelings in that moment spilling out. Like I just picked up the guitar and literally played that part. That's, of what it is right now like the i didn't even i just literally picked it up dude and it was just really crazy like we were i think everyone was in the basement we were like jamming or something or doing whatever we, we walked upstairs and i just we had a guitar in the living room so i just like literally picked it up for a second as i was walking and just started playing that and she just right, like, said right away i mean it was like a two second thing and now we were like look at each other like what was that dude like <laughs> every time something happens i freak out and i'm like get out your phone Get, get oh your memo. Gosh. You know what I'm saying? Before, before it just like disappears into the ether. I have like a, such anxiety about that that we'll forget something. So it's always no, like, I, 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 I completely relate to that. It's totally understandable. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, get your phone, record this, record this. So yeah, dude, it happened. It, there was no effort. It was the weirdest thing. It just like came out. Yeah, at, at a Christmas party, no less. So. <laughs> out, of, out of all places. But no, seriously, I, I think that song is probably one of the most powerful songs you wrote and it definitely clicks with uh, with me personally because I really, really can uh, relate to that message. Now, speaking of guitar, Joey, I already know that you are just a god as a drummer, but how did you, when did you start picking up guitar, my guy? Because you're, you're really, really good at it as well as a good singer. Yeah, thanks, dude. No worries. Um, he I does sh- it all. <laughs> I started playing guitar. This man's, like, like, this man's oh. like an engine. He just doesn't stop, you know? <laughs> no, I actually, uh, I broke my leg skateboarding when I was like 12 or 13. Um, and I always wanted to like play anyways, but I couldn't really play drums or do anything. You know, I couldn't skate. I couldn't play drums. So I just was sitting there playing guitar for like 
six months. Yeah, so I just started playing then, and from then on, I just played. So it was, and so I couldn't even imagine not playing. Now it's like I, I kind of was drums my main instrument, and I started doing that. That's how I got into music. But now I do them both so much that it's like crazy. I can't really imagine not, you know, not playing guitar. I'm definitely more comfortable doing it now. So yeah, man, yeah. it's crazy. I just started doing it out of you know boredom, kind of, and now it's. <laughs> <laughs> out of boredom okay i'll play along but yeah, no seriously <laughs> no really, i, I know i play music and i i, I, I <laughs> yes i got you I, I i didn't mean to cut you off there i apologize but okay. i know you two the reason why i asked that question is because i know you two uh sometimes do play uh, acoustic shows just by yourselves so with that being said i know this is another uh tough question here but i'm gonna ask it anyway is there a preference for you playing just by yourselves or with a band? Like, what do you like most, if you even have a preference? With a band. With a band. Okay. Yep. I, I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. It's Why like was that even a question? They're <laughs> <laughs> both very different um, vibes, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. like if I'm playing with the band, I'm like just sweating and slamming, and we're like loud as hell, and there's a bunch of energy. But acoustic is like, you know, calm and just like letting that out they're both very musical but in two completely different ways you know yeah. so right right definitely more exciting to play with the band and, and the whole band <laughs> well and yeah because it, crazy yeah like not just it, that then you have the energy of everybody else and you right. just bounce it off of each other yeah there you, go. you know but then you know an acoustic thing is very cathartic as well because it's letting it out in a different way for me mostly because i'm playing a different instrument you know right so it's like right. things for me but um if I had to pick, I mean, yeah, the band. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, seems, it seems like the most obvious answer ever and the most obvious question, but I just had to throw it out there anyway. <laughs> that, that's, that's just me. Fair now, in terms, of, in terms of music, is there anything that you can tell us in terms of new music coming very soon? Yes, we're writing a ton of music right now. We actually recorded um, uh, 10 songs before we left L.A. to start touring. There and I kind of put that on pause for a minute because we were getting back to live shows. And after not being able to play for over a year because of COVID, we were just like jumping to go tour and play on stage. Yeah. So we've already started. And since we've been home from the tour, we've been writing as well so we have a ton of new songs and we are focusing on getting those ready to release so yeah. i'm gonna just say like as soon as possible ASAP. as soon as we get those okay. sounding and to the level that we're happy with we'll be putting them out yeah that's the main focus right now so fair soon. enough no no that that's that's 100 percent fair now there was one more question i wanted to ask you uh what the heck was it Austin, you gonna back me up here, my guy? Nope. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you leaving me, you leaving me out the dry, my guy. What is this? But no, no. Now I remember what it was. It was back this to is your, uh, this. This is what we call your show. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Damn! I see how it is. I mean, technically, you are right, but you're still a part of it too, my dude. So, once again, hey, once again, like I said last week on the live stream. This is your show unless you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when I'm not here, all hell breaks loose. But that's, that's another nope. subject for another day. But anyway, it was going back to um, 
Detroit sports for a second here, because I know oh, that no. Christina, you personally have had the opportunity to sing the national anthem at Detroit Tigers games before. Tell me yeah. what that experience was like for you. It's scary as hell. <laughs> oh, I still sing the national anthem for the Detroit Pistons. Okay. And the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Oh, boy. okay. I, ha- I have to since we're on the subject. Okay. All these are insane. Like I was there for all of them. It is the most nerve wracking, most intense feeling you could possibly imagine. And I didn't even do it, dude. She was doing it. <laughs> like the first one we did was for the Tigers. Right. And the- so she was going to do the anthem. So we're like, wow, this is insane. Like we go to Comeric Park. Or- but they're like, okay, well, actually, we have this brand new scoreboard. It's like a massive, like, you know, just humongous uh, LED screen. And we just had started and we had our logo of our first EP, which is like very colorful and cool. So they go, we're going to put this on there and the band's going to come out and play acoustic. And we're like, what? Like, and I was, you know, we hadn't really done that much at that time. We we're just getting going. Right. So like, we're walking out to do this. I'm like, so now I got to do this too. And I'm like playing guitar and singing. It was like, do we walk out through the, like, through the, the like the dugout area like back by the dressing rooms like out of the field and i was just like this is like unreal like i can't imagine we're doing this right now you know and we played and it was crazy so that was one time and it was like so nerve-wracking i never had done something that was ner- that nerve-wracking in my life so then this is unreal the season of the lockout for the nhl which was mm-hmm. i forget when it was, it was 2014 maybe 15 yeah 20, 20, 2013 2014 yeah there's a lockout in, you know, Detroit. This is hockey town, bro. Like, they're ready yes. to go. I mean, so the first game coming back, nationally televised game, um, Karen Newman is uh, a staple here. She's sang some national anthem for the last, like, 20 years. Right. So she's a legend here. Everybody knows her. She can't do it for some reason. She's sick or whatever. So, like, Christina gets asked to do it. And it was like, <laughs> so, okay, okay, yeah. So, really, do we go to this game. It's completely sold out. It's at the Joe Lewis Arena, which Joe is Joe Lewis. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I miss I miss the Joe. So I'm not uh, used to it, I'm not used to saying Little Caesars little Arena. Caesar's that, Arena. That, it doesn't sound Weird. right. No, no. No. But anyways, I think it was you know we didn't have many more games there, so it was insane. We're there, it's sold out crowd. Um, I'm with our guitar player. We're up in the like nosebleed sections, about to watch this happen, and it's literally, dude, like. She walks out on the ice and they're so excited for this game. Like they're this is shaking, dude. The floor is shaking mm-hmm. it's so loud and so intense. I am like, oh my God, dude, she's gonna come out here and everything's gonna go silent. She's just gonna sing by herself. Like I was like, this is this is wow. like crazy. I can't even imagine. So, like you hear you can take it from there, but I had to as, as, as if there wasn't oh, enough pressure already, you know. Especially <laughs> yeah. televised, you know, it's a lockout. It's like here you can take it from here. Oh my god. Yeah, I was so nervous for that one. I'm nervous for all of them because I'm just alone. There's no music, <laughs> it's literally my voice. Oh, and god. in these situations, there's a lot of slapback, like from the the audio traveling through an arena, yeah. you know, and it's like echoing. And so you have to like stay right here, like in what you're singing and try to ignore the natural echo that's happening. Yeah. I actually like puked in the Zamboni room. <laughs> oh gosh. Not the Zamboni room. <laughs> uh, Dude. In a bucket. <laughs> oh, 
dude. goodness. And then, but then I went out and did it and I walked out and um, they had like all the season ticket holders on the ice, like surrounding me. Mm-hmm. And then all of them started singing when I was singing the anthem, but none of them were in the same key. Oh that I was. <laughs> so I was like trying to like zone all these people out oh, and then God. also remember the words and, and sing it good. And all of them were standing on the rugs that they put out to walk on. Oh, walks on the ice, dude, on just, just the ice. Like with no rug, I'm like, oh my god, so many things could go wrong right now. I was like, like I'm gonna end up as like one of those uh, <laughs> national anthem fails on YouTube oh, no. where the person oh. wipes out. You know, you see those like, dude, the, the horror in that moment. You're, like, you're, you're, you're just thinking, oh, this is gonna be on. You're just thinking, don't fall, sports, don't fall, sports don't center, fall. sports center, not top ten. Put it up right now. Oh my god, dude. But I didn't slip. Nope. Even though they walked the carpet, I just kind of (laughs) walked like a penguin out onto Mm -hmm. the ice and stopped and stood there. And I was so relieved when it was over because nothing feels better than successfully doing that and hearing like everyone going crazy at the end of it. And you just know that you didn't mess up the words or forget the words (laughs) or fall or nothing crazy happened. And it's it's over. So I, it's a great feeling when it's done, but before it happens, it's like really intimidating. Oh, that, so that might I be, one it, of the- but it's like, it comes with a lot of anxiety. Right. That one was just, it was just crazy. <laughs> Unreal. Well, that, that, that might be somebody calling you saying, Hey, probably don't talk about this, <laughs> but no, honestly, that might've been one of the best stories that we've ever heard so far <laughs> in the five years of this show. That might've been it's one of the best stories we've it. ever heard. It was crazy. I, I swear, I never been more nervous for like a situation that I wasn't even involved in, dude. Like I was just in the crowd and I was just like, oh my God, the, the weight of this right now. <laughs> you just feel it in there, dude. Like, yeah, no, seriously. It was shaking. Like it was so intense that everyone was just slamming and screaming and like, dude, I mean, cause how loud was it in there though? When you were uh, walking? It was it like, was, oh my God, walking out there. It was, I got about halfway through and like the place just, <sighs> it just sounded like a oh, roar. Yeah. It was so high. Okay. Vibration. So like the Joe was sold out and these people had not had hockey in the entirety of that lockdown. So it was like, mm. I mean, like half of the season had already gone yeah, by, dude. right? It was so like it was January like, or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Something oh, like dude. that. But literally, um, I heard the roar and I heard people applauding and screaming and ha- and like when I hit the note, you know, the note that I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. OK, OK, OK. And uh, it was a gr- it was a great time. Now, let me ask you this. If given the opportunity, would you do it again? Absolutely. There you go. That's it. That's important. There you go. That's the answer I was looking for. Thank you. All right, you. Jimmy. Looks like we got to go to a Red Wings game. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, now, now I have an excuse to fly out somewhere. There you go. But no, well, listen. Now, let me just let me just ask you this now. Have you become a fan of these sports teams ever since that opportunity? I was a fan of these sports teams my entire life. Yeah, growing okay. up. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's um, we've always because like, you know, when we were kids, the Red Wings were like the Yankees of hockey. Yeah, you know? 
they were incredible. 90, 97, 98, back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. Um, 2002, I think. You know what I'm saying? So it was like they were always good, and that's why. Two, two, like, 2000, 2008 as well. 2008 as well, yeah. So it was like we – but especially making... that team was the dream team back then. So we were kids <laughs> all, you know. And, but Lions have always been, you know, just – Hey, do you, you know remember, to, sorry to cut you off, but do you remember like being a little kid and making the homemade uh, Stanley, Stanley Cups? Cups? Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, goodness. Really in that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> not expecting this. Car. All right. Sweat Philly, or I forget who it was, but we like, it's like, sweet, sweet. It was crazy here, dude. And that was like, <laughs> so, you know, when you're a kid, it's very impressionable. Like, so we were really into, into these, well, into the Red Wings, um, but the Tigers, you know, weren't good until 2008 when they made it to the World Series. It was like, that was incredible. That happened. Yeah, yeah. Tigers were, like, really not good, you know? Actually, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mean to cut you off, Joe. I apologize. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I, I think, I believe they actually made the World Series in, what was it, 2006, I believe? They was did it? again. Yeah, but yeah, they no, lost. 2006, it, it was against the, uh, the, the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yes, that was... Yeah, it was six. Sorry, it wasn't 2008. It was no, no, no. It, it, it's all good. It's all good. Don't and then worry they made it. it again in like 2012 or something, right? And they, but they lost both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they got, what, they get swept by the Giants? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay. So, yeah, it was like, you know, as we got older, but the Red Wings, though, dude, was a big one because they've always been good. And obviously the Pistons were great, too. I think, what, 02, we won that championship as well. So, like, they were good when we were yeah. young. Um, so we were, we were definitely always into them, but. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get – and then you started meeting some of the players, though, as well. Like, you know, yeah. Jimmy Howard. Nice. Um, and we, Ooh. like, Darren McCarty and, like, a bunch of, like, legends of, of you know. Detroit did you sports. meet Dominic Hasek? No, never did. Damn. Oh, that would have <laughs> been so <laughs> epic. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about Dominic Hasek. I've heard he was a really, really nice guy. Hell of a goaltender. That would have been epic if you got to meet him. Yeah. Now, before we let you guys go, because unfortunately our time is running short here, any uh, upcoming shows that you're allowed to announce to your fans out there who might be watching this? Uh, no, we are focusing on writing right now. So yeah. we are okay. in the studio, okay. we're creating new music. We've carved out this time to really focus on getting new music out. We nice. were lucky enough to tour for five months of 2021, yeah, which, you know, yes. was pretty spectacular considering like the COVID crap is still going on. So mm. we did five months of touring and we're taking this time to <laughs> get these songs finished and release something new. Cause it's been a hot minute. <laughs> come up though, eventually, you know, soon we yeah. stuff comes up. We just jump on it. So I'm sure we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your fir- your first new material since 2019, back when it was actually a good year back then. But no, listen, no, because we didn't have to Let's deal with this. Reminisce. Crap. It, it really is unbelievable. I'm I'm sorry, Austin. What were you saying? I cut you off. Let's not reminisce on the past, there, bud. <laughs> I I can't, I can't help it. 2019 was the last good year that we had. I'm sorry, uh-huh. but it's facts. We did release a single in 2020, though, and a single in 2021. So we did. Yes. Yes. Dead to me in 2020 and then uh, in a pandemic. In yes. By the way, the concept of panic in a pandemic was incredible. I really enjoy, I really enjoy that song. And the video was just epic in and of itself. The fact that you guys <laughs> did it over Zoom the whole time, that was really amazing. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. But listen, guys, again, before we let you go, how can people find out more 
about you? Where can they follow you on, follow you on socials? Uh, what's your website? You got a new merch? Like, how can people find out more about Kaleido? Kaleidoband.com is our website. And we have all of our merch available on there. And then also links to our social media, but I will just mention them very quickly. It's at Kaleidoband for Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And okay. uh, it's the same as on Facebook, yeah, facebook.com slash Kaleido Band. So Kaleido Band is going to bring you to all of our stuff and like just kaleidoband.com for our website, which lists any upcoming tours and shows that we have and has all of our merchandise and any new music, et cetera. That's the space to go. Yeah. Wow. TikTok, something Austin and I are lacking on nowadays. <laughs> Austin. <laughs> Awesome, I'm we so- got to get more behind-the-scenes content on there, my guy. I'm sorry that I haven't <laughs> been able to get out the house in a few bit. Yeah, I, no, I'll, dude. I'll work on it. Th- I'll work on it on Sunday, bub. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you can't this expect guy. everything out of me. Now, now, now you know what. Now you know what you guys have to put. What I have to. You know what I have to put up with on a daily basis now with this guy. <laughs> oh, right don't here. give me that crap. <laughs> No, dude, seriously, it's always a joy to work with you. You know that. But look, mm-hmm. guys, Christina, Joey, this was. I see you guys in all America. Don't, don't, don't you be snarky with me, my guy. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know me by now. Don't be snarky mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> but no, in all honest to God seriousness, Christina, Joey, this was so much fun. Thank you guys so, so much for coming on. We truly appreciate it. You are always welcome back. Anytime you want. Thank you so, so much for doing this. Thank, Thank you. you. You guys hey. have a good one. Hey, you anytime. Well. They are. Thanks, guys. Kaleido, Christina, Chris, and Joey Fava. Go check them out. Kaleidoband.com and follow them on all social media at Kaleido Band. For Kaleido and for Mr. Taco, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace and take care.